You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Listening to Anita Marks. This is my leverage. My leverage is I can say F- you to the Giants. I can say F- you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down. I certainly would not have suggested or agreed to him saying that publicly. The arrogance that exudes from this soundbite is a huge turnoff to me. Giants fans, are you like, screw you? You want to F the Giants? You want to F your teammates? Screw you. Or are Giants fans out there going, yeah, man, that's right, Saquon, you tell them. You do that, dude. You show them. You show the Giants. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, dude, you do that. You show the Giants. You tell them, Saquon. (laughs) Again, can we just, can we embrace the human element? That if, 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 if Saquon's saying, I want to show them my value, I want to show them my worth, I want to see they can't win without me. So you think he's going to be rooting for the team to win against Dallas if he's not on the field? Well, the other thing is, too. Come on, man. If, if he doesn't and they lose, yes, does that show him his value? Absolutely. But when he shows up, because uh, he's not going to hold out this year, when he shows up, if they're 0-3, their season's over. And he's just... Basically putting up numbers on a bad team. As as angry and as pissed off as he is, do you think he cares, Joe? I think he would like to make the playoffs again. I think he would try to continue to still want to play for a Super Bowl as much as he wants to play for a contract. I, I think I think sometimes when you're that when you're that angry and all you see is red, it's hard to see the forest for the trees. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 Let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, you're up. Hey, Anita, it's been a minute. I'll give you hey. some human element, though, if you uh-huh. allow me. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, listen. First of all, Saquon Barkley's got a couple of things working against him. Obviously, he should have taken that first deal. He didn't. Mm-hmm. But really, what what's really messed him up is he's playing for a team that had poor coaching. You know, um, the offensive line was was a sieve at a certain point, and he has an injury history. You know, that's the perfect cocktail for him to be in the situation that he's in right now. Uh, I'll say this much, uh, you know, I do believe that Mara initially told him, look, I'm going to take care of things and everything like that, but then Joe Shane stepped in and spoke to Mara and said, listen, let me do my thing here. Uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball have no real attachment to Saquon Barkley. He's a means to an end. They're going to work him like a government mule, you know, to get whatever they can get out of him. And Saquon Barkley, part of it is his fault, too. You know, similar to the fans with their pie in the sky, the Mary Poppins, he's not. He's the kind of guy that's not going to do this. Stuff. Shut up. He's going to do whatever he needs to do now because he feels violated. So if he has a hangnail or something's not going right, he's not going to play like the mm-hmm. way he used to play. And this is the only year that he's going to get double-digit millions further in his career. He can't sit out because if he does sit out, let's say he he tries to sit out a whole year. We know these guys that own these teams. They will tap a nick his behind in a second. He'll be getting $1.2 million offers, you know, for a year moving forward. So that's not going to work out for him. 
you know, and, and the situation is, is is this. You know, the Giants, you can see, he, he fell into that into that thing. Like, you know, the Giants are this type of friend. Listen, he has no tats. He has no dreads. He's a good guy. He's quiet. He does everything they want him to do. But guess what? You've been hurt before, bro. Like, that doesn't, they, they don't care about that. This new organization, this new regime that came in, they, first of all, Daniel Jones is not even going to be here in two more years. They only signed him because there was nobody else available. I mean, the whole situation is really bad for him. You know, he, if he plays this year, he's going to probably come in, maybe miss the first game only, you know, try to stick it to them. But, you know, it's not, the Giants are not going to the Super Bowl. He, it, there's nothing that he's going to accomplish this year by playing every game except not getting hurt and being able to get another deal. But I just have one question for you to wash it all down, to tie it in sort of what I was talking about with the way that these owners are doing. With that Washington situation, I mean, I know that um, Snyder had to give up a few million dollars, $60 million or whatever as a fine, which is nothing to him. Yeah, just a few. Just a few, Buda. Yeah, he sold the team for $6 billion. I mean, that's his reward. That's his reward for all of that stuff that was going on, the misogyny and all this other nonsense. Did they make him sign an NDA? Because if they didn't, I want to hear his memoir. I want to see his 60-minute interview with Scott Pelle. I want to hear about all these other guys, these fiends, these owners, who are all now, you know, this is Jerry Jones. This is the best thing that happened. Jerry Jones, stop it. That dude was your tutor. Yeah, and, you so know, now... I, I hear on, you. I, Buddha, Buddha, I, I hear you. Listen, um, I don't I don't know what he has signed. I would imagine that with the dirt that he allegedly has on Goodell and a number of people and in a number of, of owners, I would imagine that he has had to sign something. Um, but you know, you know who everybody needs to be concerned about is John Gruden. That's who people have to be concerned about. John Gruden is coming for the NFL. And uh, our court system so far has sided with him. So you, you you're 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 looking you're looking for a man to expose uh, the 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 truth. Can you handle the truth? You want a man who's who's um very well in a position that uh could expose the truth and in, in in the ugliness behind the the NFL shield. It very well could be John Gruden. And, uh, and and so far, the courts have ruled on his side. So that's a story that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. 800-919-3776. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. Mike Dillon, Jose Allen, hang tight. Uh, I also want to talk some Jets. Is uh, Rick DiPietro and, um, and Dave Rothenberg are going to be out at Jets camp tomorrow. They have a star-studded cast of players who are going to be joining them. I'll share that with you next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it's spectacular. I mean, that's that's what you want. You want to be a part of a place that has high expectations, and there's a lot of positivity around here, which I think is a good thing. But, you know, we got to temper expectations early on at camp and, and focus on the little things to get there. It's a long season. It's a journey. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be peaks and valleys, and, and I think we just got to build this thing the right way, and there's a lot of excitement, though. That is fun. You know, when I was out in Tahoe, just hearing the Jets fans and the response was pretty special. Obviously, with all the positivity comes, you know, some people looking to knock you down.
you down a little bit, there's going to be a lot of that. So we got to deal with that the right way. An old coach of mine said, our greatest difficulty is going to be handling success. And I think that'll be true this year for us. You know, as we get into the season and have some success, we've got to handle it the right way. Because obviously last year they had a good start to the season and couldn't finish it off. And if we want to be playing in January, we got to be consistent throughout the season. That's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Jets arriving to camp. Little, little, little earlier, a little sooner than most because they're going to be participating in the Hall of Fame game. And guess what? Rick DiPietro and, and Dave Rothenberg are going to be out there tomorrow morning. Um, check out this lineup. Miko Hardman, 645. Elijah Vera Tucker, 7 o'clock. CJ Mosley at 715. Aaron Rodgers at 730. Can he stump Rothenberg? Guys, I think that should be a segment. And Robert Sala will be joining uh, them at 9.30 a.m. as well. So a really great show. Make sure you tune in to uh, to Rick and Dave tomorrow morning. They will be out there. 800-919-3776. Uh, let's continue with your calls. And uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, welcome in. Hi, Anita. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. I, um, I want to talk about Saquon here in the uh, podcast. Um, what he said is being taken completely out of context. I listened to the entirety of the podcast, and uh, from what I'm watching, because I saw it, um, and, I, and I'm listening to it as well, and from what I'm seeing from Saquon and from what I'm hearing from Saquon at, during the podcast, he's uh, taken back as to the situation he's in. Yeah, he was offered the uh, contracts, but the guarantees weren't there. And um, it's it, the whole thing's completely being taken out of context if you listen to the entirety of the, con- uh, of the podcast. Um, All right. So, so, so Mike, give me, Mike, give, give, like, give me, give me, give me an example as to what you mean by taken out of context. Uh, you're, it, it, it seems as though you're pushing a, nat- a narrative as, you know, he's a selfish type of guy, and he's not. He doesn't come across that way. I mean, dude sitting on the couch with, is, with socks. It's, it's, it's a relaxed um, – I, I never, I never said that he was – Mike, I never said that he was selfish. And, I never said that he was selfish. Um, but – Listen, this, this is, this is what not, I did say, Mike. Not, this is – Mike, this is this is what I did say. Don't go anywhere. Please don't hang up. Mm-hmm. I totally understand him feeling this way. I totally understand him sitting on the couch with his socks and having this conversation with his wife, his significant other, his mother, his father, his sister, his agent. I just don't think this is a good look to voice this publicly, to say this is an avenue. This is a door that I could go through. He said, I don't know if I will or not. This is a conversation I've got to have with my family. This is a conversation I've got to have with my agent. I just, I, I, I don't think this is, my point being is that I don't think this is a good look to even throw this out here as an option. Maybe you're discussing this option privately, but to, to discuss this option publicly, I think it was a bad move, Mike. That's my point. That, that I would agree with you on. That's something he should have talked about with his agents and not put it out there like that. But as far as him looking to do something like that, like hold out and, you know, screw the Giants and screw his teammates, no, 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 no. That's 
if you listen to the entirety of the podcast, you say, that's not something I would do. That's not something I want to do. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. You know, then he goes off and says something to the fact of, you know, okay, what if I do hold out and they do win? What does that do for me? What if I do hold out and they do lose? What does that do for me? You know, so he's talking, you know, about different scenarios. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, listen, I need to come out here. I need to ball out. I need to ball out because at the end of the day, it's just going to wind up helping me. You know, I want to come out and I want to ball out. And, you know, uh, getting back to uh, something you said earlier about um, your conversation with Barton Hahn, I did listen to that the other day. And, you know, that's something that his agent should have talked to him about, you know, behind the scenes as well. You know, strategize with his agent and strategize with the people around him, strategize with people in the know, and keep that to himself and not air it out there publicly. But it's not something that he's pushing out there to say, this is what I'm going to do and, you know, screw the fans and screw the, th- and screw the Giants and screw my teammates. No, that's not what he's saying in this podcast. Mike, thanks for the thanks thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Dylan in New Brunswick. Dylan, welcome in. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for taking my call. Good evening. Uh, I just got like two quick questions for you. Mm -hmm. You're a defensive coordinator, and you're playing against the Giants. Who are you game planning against? Saquon Barkley. Harvey. I'm sorry. No, he he asked for me. I would I would agree as well. Saquon Barkley. If he's on the field, Saquon on Barkley. Yep. Because I like, I'm not a Giants fan. I really don't care what happens. But just like the fact that you're saying, like, Coach of the Year, Brian Dable. Let me ask you another quick question: Does Brian Dable win Coach of the Year if Saquon Barkley's not on the Giants last year? No, but I'm glad he did. And he won Coach of the Year because he was on the field. Exactly, and he ain't winning Coach of the Year without Saquon Barkley and with a quarterback that throws 34 pass touching pass touchdowns in three years. Yeah, but at the same time, Dylan, you could say that like there were, there were a number of coaches that had Saquon Barkley that did not utilize him properly. You know, you yeah, you've got I mean, it. You well, still the, you've the you've got it. You've got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, did did Saquon did Saquon Barkley help Brian Dable win Coach of the Year? Every 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 coach who wins Coach of the Year wins because they've been able to do something fantastic with a team because because of horses that they have in their stable. You know, there were a number of, of coaches that had an opportunity to utilize Saquon Barkley like Brian Dable utilized him last season, and they didn't. So, you know, you've, you've got you've to give him credit in regard to the way that he was able to be creative and, and also coach up Daniel Jones where... The dude where, threw 15 touchdown passes, Anita. 15. Gardner Minshew threw 16 in eight games with one of the worst teams we've seen in 20 years. Yeah, I understand that, but he also Daniel Jones moved the chains when when he needed to move the chains, whether it was a first down to run out a clock or whether it was to run for 15 yards to get um, Graham Gano closer to a field goal. I, I mean, there, it, it's it's you can't just look at statistics. You've got to see how a game plays out, and 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 how what certain plays were called how Daniel was able to execute them and put the Giants in a situation to win ball games. It's not just statistics. That, last year, without Saquon Barkley, he ain't winning coach of the year with Matt Breda running back and Daniel Jones at quarterback. Thank God I mean, he did, though. Thank God he did. Oh, such <laughs> a fun time. Dylan, thanks for the phone call. I, I, I just, listen, um, 
you know, I, there, there's no denying that Saquon Barkley last season was the offense, right? And because defenses had to respect Saquon Barkley and the way that he was utilized, it opened up things for a lot of other players. But here's another thing, and we really haven't spent a lot of time this evening talking about this, and that is this offense is going to be very different. Okay? Offensive line is better than they were last year. They're still not great, but um, but they, they are better. Um, Daniel Jones is coming into... Uh, working with um, with Kafka and, and and Dable for a second year, so he's going to be have more familiarity with with the offense and how it's run. And now he finally has some weapons to work with. What has Daniel Jones been working with since he's arrived here with the Giants? Nothing, with all due respect, not a lot. Um, so you know, I'm 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 intrigued. You know, and and that's another thing. I, I talked about this with with Bart this week, and that is, you know, Saquon Barkley was a necessity last year. He was a necessity last year because Daniel had nothing, especially when 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 Sterling Shepard was out. And all due respect to the wide receivers that did play and did start and scored touchdowns. With all due respect, you'd be a they would be a, a number three or a number four wide receiver on somebody else's roster. So making chicken salad out of chicken poop. I'd use a different word, but it's a family show. I want to be employed tomorrow. That's what Daniel had to work with. This season, now he's coming in. He's got Darren Waller, who uh, we talked about Saquon Barkley. We're in agreement that Saquon Barkley is a top five tight end in the NFL. I think we could all be in agreement that a healthy Darren Waller is a top five tight end in the NFL. I'm I'm intrigued to see what Paris Campbell can do. And like I said, Jalen Hyatt had to be one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of this year's draft. So this is going to be a much different offense in the fact that Daniel's finally going to have some weapons to work with, where last year he did not. It was all Saquon Barkley. So... Is that something else that the Giants are taking into consideration? You know, how how are they going to use Saquon Barkley this coming season as compared to last when he was more of a necessity? Food for thought. Jose Allen Richard Hangtight, Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, want to remind you, get ready to tee them high and let them fly at ESPN New York's Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel on Tuesday, July 25th at Wind Watch Golf and Country Club in Long Island where 60 teams will compete for great prizes and bragging rights. Purchase your twosome today at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com and uh, join Rick DiPietro, Dave Rothenberg, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, and myself uh, all out teeing it up on Tuesday, all proceeds benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Individual tickets for cocktails and dinner are also available. It's ESPN New York Teed Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. Brought to you by Don Julio Tequila, All-American Auto Group, Kettle One Vodka, Smart Water, White Claw Hard Seltzer, Aviation American Gin, Juggernaut Wines, and Schweppes Ginger Ale. Learn more at ESPN New York Golf 
Com. Weather tomorrow, no bueno. 80% chance of rain tomorrow, which absolutely stinks. Yep. But the weekend is supposed to be beautiful. Okay. Um, highs in the 80s, 82 and 84 on Saturday and Sunday. Mostly sunny. Sunday is supposed to be not a cloud in the sky. Uh, Monday's nice. Tuesday, 30%. 30% chance of rain. Hopefully it stays away from our golf tournament. So next week, uh, weather is just supposed to be absolutely magnificent. Just FYI. So uh, so there's that. Hopefully a really beautiful weekend for us all. 800-919-3776. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. What's up, Jose? Hey, good. how are you doing, Anita? Hope you're having a great night tonight. All right, mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, shout out to the company. And I just wanted to, you know, chime in on the Saquon talk because I I, I, I kind of, you know, since I'm a Jet fan, I, I look at it from an outsider's perspective. And I just, you know, don't uh, – I, 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 it, it, it's what happens in typical contract negotiations, you know, when one side is upset that the player didn't sign the contract, they'll go in and make a claim that he was asking for Christian McCaffrey money, which, you know, Saquon has refuted. And, you know, it's a situation where they saw that the franchise tag actually dropped for running backs. So now they could, you know, lowball him even more. So this is a situation where I can totally understand where Saquon is coming from and why running backs around the league are pretty much, you know, banding together but, and see, seeing what's going on. But uh, Jose, Jose, why do you what What do you think is a conspiracy theory though? It says conspiracy theory. What 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 is your conspiracy theory here? Oh, uh, but, uh, my! Uh, as far as for my conspiracy theory, I think what's going to happen is, is, you know, Saquon is pretty much saying all all the things that he might do, with, and I think like it's going to be more of a low, like he uh, and you make you, you can disagree. Um, it, it's going to be more like a, a NBA situation where it's going to be a load management where, you know, he might take off all of training camp and not be ready for that first game, and you know when it's ready for that second game my hamstring might be a little tight and I might, you know, not be a hundred percent where they might not find them effective. And I don't think that, and, and I think the people who are, they're, they're kind of fooling themselves thinking that Brita and the, the, the rookie is going to have a great Gray. because yeah, we saw, because we, we, we saw dark car look nice and we saw all of them look good. All the other running backs look good in garbage time and blowout losses that it's going to be the same situation. I just don't see Daniel Jones being effective, even with the weapons, in my opinion. So that's what I just okay. wanted to say. Uh, listen, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's fair. It's fair. I respect your opinion. Um, you know, again, I, I'm just, I'm, and thanks for the phone call, Jose. I just, I'm expecting this Giants offense to look, to look very different this season, considering that finally now Daniel Jones has some weapons to work with. Let's be honest. What, what has he been working with prior? Just garbage. Let's go to Alan in Uniondale. Alan, you're up. Hey, Anita. How's it going? Hi. Good evening. Great. All right. Uh, I hope Mama, uh, Mama Love is good. Mama Mimi, hope she's good. <laughs> she's great. Thank you. Shout out to the company again. And then, um, Pete, this though, I want to ask you, I wanted to ask you actually three questions. So, are your Sunday shows for, your, for the betting that's still going on when the football start, season starts? Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, New York game day is back. Um, so from 7 to 8 a.m., 
will be our fantasy okay. football hour. We're still going to do that wall to wall the entire hour of fantasy football, getting you ready each and every week for your fantasy football lineup. Um, at eight o'clock, we'll kick off New York Game Day, and um, and Amani Toomer now is going to be on the show. So it's going to be me, Amani oh. Toomer. And Mike and Mike Tannenbaum. So we're excited to have Amani Toomer join us, and we'll be with you until eleven o'clock. Um, so yes, oh, excited great. about all that. And, and then I wanted to also, uh, like I said, two more questions. Uh, so, what was your percentage last year on the football? Because I want people to know this: how great you killed it. Oh, um, <laughs> so seven percent. I think I was. I, I think I ended the season at seventy-one. Um, seventy-one. So, yeah, so so folks listening, um, so for New York Game Day, we have this fun segment um, called, and it's my three locks of the week. And so I would have three locks of the week, and, and I would just pick three games uh, with, um, uh, with whether it's a side total. Uh, sometimes I would throw in some, some prop bets. And, um, and yeah, so w- w- it was over 70. I think we ended the season over 70%. I have to check with Tom, our producer, but, yeah, I believe so. Oh my God, you are amazing! Because I definitely made money with you last uh, last season, right? <laughs> and then um, I don't Thank know, you, this Alan. is just random because everybody's talking about like uh, football, but it's just a random one because like people on, uh, you know, Twitter, or whatever gets kind of crazy. So we just did debating it. Just wanted to hear your uh, your answer. Who would you take, Steve Nash or Trey Young? Steve Nash or Trey Young? What? what? How how did this even come? Like how this conversation even come about? These because uh, like some guy never seen Steve Nash ever play, so he's just like, but look at Trey Young's numbers. He scores like twenty six, whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, bro, but you never seen Steve Nash play. So it's just yeah, I, I don't. That's interesting, Alan. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge Trey Young fan, so I would I would lean towards Nash, but. I don't, it's, I don't know. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand that analogy. Um, but there's that. Um, let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, welcome in. Hi, Anita. You know, the Saquon Barkley not playing, how is that going to mm-hmm. benefit? The, how's that going to benefit me, the fan, the giant fan? My eyes watch Saquon for what, five years, four years that he's played? And he can only right. help the Giants. He only help can only help Daniel Jones. You know, the Yankees didn't want to give Ben Attendee one extra year on the contract. Where would they be now with Ben Attendee? You know? For money, I don't understand. If it's just money, a few dollars, what, 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 how does it benefit me? It doesn't benefit me. Uh, you we know- can talk on sports talk radio. We can talk, well, this, that, this, that. But me, when I watch the game on Sunday, why would I want to watch the Giants without Saquon Barkley? Who's going to replace Saquon well, Barkley? Not easy. But but here but but here's but Richard here's here's the thing. But you're I don't think anybody. In a, in I don't think realistic... I don't think anybody, Richard. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody, and I appreciate the phone call. I don't think anybody can replace Saquon Barkley. The point that I'm making is that I think this is going to be a different offense in regard to the weapons that Daniel Jones is going to have at his um, part of his arsenal. Something that we have not seen before. Okay? Something we have not... And, and I'm not... Listen, I'm not taking anything from away from Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
And this team is absolutely 100 times better with him on the field. There's no denying that. But I do, I, I do believe that this offense in this team is still going to be able to win football games and, and do well offensively with the, with, with the new cast of characters and the new weapons that they have brought in. So I think we're being really stagnant here to be like, well, without Saquon, what's this team going to do? Well, last year, this team didn't have, and, and, and I just really quick, I just, I want to call up the, the depth chart here just to make sure I don't want to leave anybody out in regard to, um, you know, who, who the giants did not have at their available to them last year. So, so, all right. So in, in the backfield, let's just say Saquon Barkley, he shows up. And again, I do believe he's going to show up to camp late. So therefore he's not going to be in quote unquote football shape. And I think it's going to be really risky to play him week one against Dallas. Okay. That's how I envision this to play out. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is just my opinion, my two cents, take it for what it's worth. If they have to go with Matt Breida and Eric Gray and Brightwell, so be it. Um, it, it can, can they match what Saquon Barkley being, brings to the equation? No, they can't. So now the onus is going to be on Brian Table and, and Kafka to, to put together a, a real creative offense around the weapons and the talent that they have. Darius Slayton right now obviously is 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 on the team and 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 he did some great things for them last season. But let's be honest, he'd be a number three on somebody else's roster. Paris Campbell, I've heard great things about him in OTAs. Granted, it's OTAs; they're out there playing in shorts. Things change obviously when you get into training camp and you're wearing like the the real uniform and the pads and whatnot. But um, I I, I think it, obviously an upgrade makes this wide receiving core in, in this room an upgrade. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, who they did not have last season because of injury. Wandell Robinson, who they did not have last year because of injury. I love the addition of Jalen Hyatt, again, being drafted from Tennessee, coming in. One of the fastest wide receivers, one of the fastest, fastest players in the draft, very well could be the fastest player on the Giants roster. Along with Darren Waller. So, so Daniel's going to have Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, <coughs> excuse me, Hodgins, Wandell Robinson, oh, Jamison Crowder, who's up there. He's a vet. He's up there in age, but but definitely a, a savvy wide receiver who can contribute. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if Sterling Shepard's even going to make the roster. To be quite, there, there's. There's so much more. There's a plethora of such more talent on this roster that I don't even know if Daniel's number one wide receiver last year is going to make the roster. Can you just marinate that for a minute? So this is going to be a different offense. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that was a component. I'm sure that was a conversation. I'm sure that was um, Wade when deciding what number the Giants were going to offer Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was a necessity last year. A necessity. Especially after Sterling Shepard went out. 
now he's granted yes is is he is he arguably the best player on this roster sure yes but is this a, is this a giants offense that absolutely positively 100% needs him on the field in order for daniel jones to do well and for them to move the chains uh, no it'll be easier they'll win more games they'll be more successful but they'll still be able to get the job done in some way, shape, or form and fashion, maybe not as often or as frequently as Saquon Barkley when Saquon Barkley is on the field because obviously, again, defenses have to take him into consideration and they will be playing a lot differently when he's on the field. But there's so much more here for, for, for Brian Dable to work with this season. So I'm trying to think of the word, you know, last year Barkley was a necessity. This year he's a a luxury. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. A luxury to have on this offense. Thank you. We come back, we'll we'll, we'll wrap up the show with you for uh, another 10 to 15 minutes right here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, how does it benefit me? You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks. <laughs> Say my name. Anita Marks with you on this Thursday evening here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe and Mark hang tight. I'm going to get your calls. We've got uh, four minutes left in the show. Um, uh, the Mets, unfortunately, they lost to the White Sox earlier today. 6-2. Uh, give up four runs in the six. Pete Alonso with an error. Uh, Quintana, not a great Mets debut. Uh, two runs, six hits, five innings. He said he felt pretty well, uh, but they still lost. Um, they kick off a uh, a three-game series against Boston in Beantown tomorrow. First pitch will be at 7 o'clock. Meanwhile, the Yankees were off. Um, after they got swept by the Angels, they've lost four straight, 9 of 11. Um, and they're sitting with a, uh, a, a 218 batting average without Aaron Judge in the lineup. So there's that. Uh, they kick off a three-game series against Kansas City uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Schmidt, Garrett Cole, and Severino will be your one, two, three punch. And then don't you know it, next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, Subway Series against the Mets. Two games against the Mets as we inch closer and closer to the trade deadline on August 4th. Also, we've got the Women's World Cup in action uh, Australia beat Ireland 1-0 earlier today. New Zealand beat Norway 1-0. So, um, so both countries that are hosting the World Cup starting off extremely well. We're sitting here right now watching Nigeria and Canada play. More games are coming your way at 3 a.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m. And the United States plays tomorrow night, 9 p.m. against um, Vietnam if you so choose, want to tune in. The big game will be Wednesday night at 9 o'clock against the Netherlands. 800-919-3776. Let's continue with your calls. Let's go to Joe in Staten Island. Joe, welcome in. Hey, how you doing, Anita? How's everything? Great. Um, so, uh, listen, I'm not a Giants fan. Um, I'm a Jets fan. But in regard to the Giants, um, if Darren Wall doesn't stay on the field... Our defense is going to be really scared of the Giants receiving core? Probably not. 
I mean, Joe, and I thanks mean, for the phone uh, call. I mean, it's 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 an excellent point, and I'm sorry, I'm just I'm up against it. We've got about two minutes left in the show, um, and and that's that's really that was really a, a huge concern. I would imagine for the Giants bringing Darren Waller in, he was not been able to stay healthy in in Las Vegas with the Raiders. So, but if Darren Waller can stay healthy, man, um, what what a weapon he will be for Daniel Jones. And like I said, I'm really really interested to see how Brian Dable is going to utilize him. I don't believe that they're going to utilize him as a prototypical tight end. I don't believe that we're going to see him block that often. I think he's going to be put all over the field. Let's go to Mark. Mark, you've got about uh, 30 to 40 seconds. Okay, so I'll cut to the chase. So, yeah, the Giants are going to have a new offensive weapons and everything, but what we don't know, and I'm not saying he won't be successful, is whether or not Daniel Jones can throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. He, in the past, he gets happy feet when he has to, you know, stand there and look for a receiver. So, without Barkway, he's going to have to, you know, take more time in the pocket and look. And we don't know if he can do that yet. Well, That's all. So we here, here's here, here's the thing, Mark, and, and thanks for the phone call. Um, this might surprise some folks, but uh, last season, not this season, but the season before, believe it or not, Daniel Jones was the number one quarterback in the NFL in regard to completion percentage and passes 20 yards or more. How about that? Surprising. I know. Um, so, you know, and, and if there's one thing about Saquon that he does not do exceptionally well is help with pass protection. So, um, by the way, again, gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, Harvey and Joe producing the show. Everybody, thanks for tuning in and thanks for all the phone calls. We appreciate it right here on 98.7 ESPN. I need arcs.